Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Consider This. I am in the stu- my name is Morgan, and I am in the studio with Jim and Hope and Ryan Vincent, and we are one of our names is a virtue. Mm. <laughs> That's me. Both that of my names are first Hope. names. Yeah, it's mine. I was like, what, Jim? Ryan. I was just thinking that Hope is a beautiful, like you know, my name is Grace. person. Yeah. My name is Long Suffering. <laughs> that would be you. That would be me. I'll be Joy. Oh, that'd be so. And what do you want to be, Ryan? Cynicism. Okay. So I am, let me start over. Hi, welcome to another episode of Consider This. I am in the studio with Long Suffering Hope. I am Joy and um, cynicism. We have cynicism over here to my left. So, so good. Um, today, we are actually tackling kind of a... Well, a a controversial issue within the church, Um, and also I think a big, something that seems to become more and more of a topic, of a hot topic, as there's been a rise in evangelical feminism and in just our culture, saying, um, having certain thoughts about um, equality or unequality that they believe is going on or, or, or see through their own eyes. And so basically, why hope is here um, specifically, and myself, is because we both kind of struggle with this issue as women. So we're going to talk today about can women speak um, in a church congregation? Mm-hmm. And we want to know what that says. We both want to know what it says for the same reason, because mm-hmm. we want to submit our lives um, to the Word and to what the Lord says through His Word. But we both are confused, and we both yes. have different backgrounds, and we struggle with it in different ways. So... Me, uh, Morgan, I kind of am worried that I'm going to be, that I'm going to step over the line and do something I shouldn't. Hope is a little bit more, why are there lines at all? Yes. And I'm confused by that. And where are the lines? And where are the lines? If there are lines, then where do they come from? And where exactly are there? So really, if we both feel like the gifts that God has given us include teaching and studying the word and sharing those things with other people. Um, I know for both of us, that's that's just a part of who we are, and I believe it's something God has given us. So we grow up in the church as women. I'm to the point where now I'm asking, what do I do with these? Where do they belong? And ultimately, I don't want to overstep. So I'm asking, have is what I'm desiring too much? Mm-hmm. And do I need to be checked back? Mm-hmm. And why, if so? Yeah, and so we're going to start with that. Oh, we're hold start on, with I want to. I want to go okay? back. I want to. You used a very great word, Morgan, because it's good for us to understand the context. And our right. context is evangelical feminism. And yes. so let's let's be careful that we're not lumping in ideas together. Because uh, and 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 I and I love complicated words. I because mm-hmm. lo- it makes me think better. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's let's do, first of all we talk about feminism or Mm -hmm. chauvinism Mm -hmm. and um, those by themselves can be very disruptive but they can also be just an honest framework from which someone comes and so we mean it as an honest framework from which someone comes so you add the qualifier evangelical feminism which says um, there is a woman-ish bent to me 
and I need to be honest about that. I want to be forthright about the biases and about the uh, the desires and the convictions of my own heart. But it comes from an evangelical, and there's a lot of debate about that word right now. Right. But it comes from an evangelical perspective, which I think what you meant when you said that was like an adherence to the scriptures, yes. a certain belief about what we uh, consider the authority of the scriptures to be. So yes. here I am, a woman with strong woman mm-hmm. beliefs about my identity and about my purpose, about my giftedness, about my calling, still under the submission of the Bible. Yes, and right? why this is so controversial yes. in 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 evangelicalism, sure. I guess, is because we are disagreeing about mm-hmm. what Scripture is saying. Sure. Right. And that's, but I, but I think it's really important for our listeners to know this isn't about so someone hears evangelical feminism gets wrapped up on the feminism. Well, feminism and yes. evangelicalism should have nothing to do with one another. And I want to say, listen, in some weird world, maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> but the truth is, and I think I was that guy. You, you, you moved me back 20 years ago. And to me, feminism was as dirty a word as chauvinism. Now, mm-hmm. feminism, is, feminism is a beautiful word. Chauvinism is still an ugly word. Right. In the world. In the yes, world. Yeah. yes. And so what we're trying to do is ask an honest question, you, what you and Hope are doing, you're asking some great questions, and I want our audience to be aware, this is our bias, this is our perspective, and yet this is our commitment. And our, yes. ultimately our commitment is to the authority of the text. Now, further explain the the question at hand, because this is it's not like – I'm asking, what can I do as a woman? That that question doesn't come up inside of a vacuum. And right. some people, some of our listeners might not even know that that's a question people are asking. So right. where is the rub that the question kind of comes from? Yeah. So I'm going to have Hope go with her questions first, but to just set a little bit of context, um, and there's a couple of passages in First Corinthians, but then the big passage really is in First um, Timothy 2. And in 1 Timothy 2, it says in verse 11, I'll start there. It says, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. And then he, this is Paul writing, and then he gives his um, explanation as to why. And he says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she'll be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. That's kind of where that comes from. Um, specifically, the verse, verse 12, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. That seems to be where a lot of pastors go yes. with one side or the other. So with Hope, mm-hmm. um, she has um, asked, she basically discovered that the village church didn't allow women to preach. And so she went and asked a a home pastor this question, and he said, well, we don't allow that either. And so she was kind of thrown by that over the break. Where? A home yes. pastor? Her home church. Oh, her so home she went church. home okay. I thought there for, was another, for Christmas. No, there no, was not a, a church called Home Church. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. I went to my, my parents' house for the break to see my family in Tulsa. Okay. And I went to the church that I grew up in, um, saw my youth pastor, and sure. I said, can you believe that the women – or that the village doesn't let women teach. I mean, I was just shocked. And they said, well, we don't either. And it it threw me for a loop. Um, And I didn't know what to do with it. So then I sat down and discussed it for a while in the pastor's office. And um, this verse in Timothy is the one that was ultimately the trump card for him. Um, 
and I had a hard time with that. So basically, my tension is I grew up thinking that the only thing a woman could do in ministry is be a children's pastor, and I didn't want to be a children's pastor, so I figured ministry's out. Although I felt, I just, I've always had this conviction that that is a call in my life that God has given me, and these are the giftings that He has given me. So I just don't know what to do with them because mm-hmm. I'm being met by opposition through man, and I see texts like this, and they bring them up. And so on the one hand, there are, there are people that, on the one hand, I don't like it just honestly, as that feminist in me that says, well, women should be equal with men, and yep. why is there a patriarchy? And it bothers me a little that the the Bible seems to have a patriarchal hierarchy. But on the other hand, there is the submissive part of me that says, I want whatever my decisions or limits or whatever I do with these gifts, I want them to be rooted in the authority of the text, and I don't want to be overstepping my bounds because of something that I feel. Yep. So what do I do if I grew up and I want to be a teacher and I am a woman. Yeah. That's kind of the first question probably. Ryan, do you want to answer that for a little? Because, you know, you have all the answers. Mm, yeah. I was the one who, when this thing started, said, no, are you I, guys ready to talk I'm, for an hour I'm and promise. decide nothing? Yeah. Um, so to start walking through some of the options – uh, thank you, Morgan. You're welcome. This is my Bible. If you need to look helpful. at it. You're very helpful. Um, they call me a helper. Oh my gosh. The helpmate. Helpmate. The helpmate. You're okay. not my helpmate. helpmate. I got one of those. No. Okay. Ew. Don't even, please don't. I, can you edit that? That freaks me out. Well, no, Sweet. Ryan does Glad have you. a wife. We don't need to no, edit that out. Use your he's own allowed, freaking Bible. To have yeah, a, I got my own to have a wife. Um, <laughs> As it relates to like the First Corinthians 14 text, which is a big one, and then there's an earlier one in First Corinthians 11, um, Paul's instructions to women in, in, in like a worship context, he's not it's, – it's not rooted in the fact that they're women, and it's rooted in the fact of what these newly um, redeemed people who are for the first time ever allowed in the, like, inter- the inner circle of a house of worship – they don't understand how to how to act properly, and he's just saying the only thing that I can't stand here is disorderly worship, and so he says basically you guys need to stop being the freshmen asking questions in the PhD mm-hmm. level class. Go home and talk about it, and don't disrupt a worship service. Mm-hmm. And so it's not really a a female versus male thing. It just so happened that the disruptive people there were newly liberated women who could now go in and worship with their husbands, which beforehand they wouldn't have been able to do. Mm -hmm. So that's not, that's to me, that's kind of an easy one to work through. That's a very cultural issue. That was a, an issue in Corinth. And that, yeah. And that was Corinthians 14. Did you say? Yeah. 14. Okay. Um, In, in first Timothy two, it does the, where this, this passage has always been very difficult for me because it does seem that Paul, um, in many cases, he'll 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 give an instruction, and it's culturally rooted. This one, he gives the instruction, and it's rooted back in creation. And so, I can't say, well, that's just that's nothing more than an Ephesian problem. To the church, he's writing this to a leader of the Church of Ephesus. That's nothing more than an Ephesian problem. He he roots it further back than that in kind of a, an eternal truth. It's almost a rabbinical way of teaching, and then you can see Paul's kind of Jewishness bubbling up in the way that he argues here. And that has been for me the difficulty of this passage. Now, what I appreciate is 
you're not interested in like all things being even and square for everybody. You right. are interested in biblical faithfulness. Right. And, I, and I hope that as we kind of start to work through the various options here, that that is our chief aim. I'm not trying to um, sort things out so that I can have it or I don't have to feel bad about being a guy or whatever. Um, I am trying to be faithful to the text. And where the text, they're, they're, this is not the only place in Scripture where the text is difficult for me and where I have to kind of bend. Bend. Yeah. Yep. And submit to or it myself. Break. Yeah. Or break even. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's it's I think it's important that we look at it that way. I mean, I, I think we can try to answer this exegetically. Let's look at the text. Let's look at the uh, the words. Let's try to understand the verb tenses. And I think those will help us understand the First Timothy two material, um, the context of the passage, especially as it leads into First Timothy three, which is talking about elders. Okay, so I right. think there's some things, and we'll talk about that. And in a it's moment. coming out of a section chastising false teachers and yes. their disruption in the church. Yes, and so you've got a number of different things that are happening in the Ephesian context. Um, and, but then you also have our context that we, I think we need to look at and to ask some tough questions. And I, it's, it's interesting how it is so easy for us to look at the bias of Paul or mm-hmm. to look at the, the struggles of past generations. But, I mean, I, I, I'd love to beg for consistency and say, um, you know, if we just sat down and said, like, why can't Jim be president of the United States? <laughs> well, because you weren't born in the United States, and that's a rule. But why is that a rule? Like, what if I want to be president? Why can't I be president? Mm-hmm. And at some point we would go, well, okay, but that's just not the way. I mean, the, the rules are. Like, why, if I'm 17, why can't I vote? Or why do I have to vote in my district? Like, I, I think I should be able to vote wherever I want. I'm sure you do think that. So at some level, there are societally, there are culturally, there are, I believe, biblically, like rules that we may not fully understand or appreciate that might be there for reasons that we do not fully know or appreciate. And there needs to be a willingness to bend, whether that's if we're going to characterize either type. No, you need to bend at the fact that maybe there is more uh, a more permissible view of women in the church. I would say we need to be willing to accept that, that if that is true, we need to bend and break. What if it's not? What if it's more restrictive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the problem is is that we, we need to be aware of the biases that exist in Scripture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say bias, that's not always bad. Okay. Sure. Um, and then we need to be aware of the biases that kind of get us to this position that we're in right now. Why does Hope have this bias? Why does Morgan have this bias? And I think one of our uh, initial problems is being aware of our cultural context where it has been so um, influenced by the idea, the egalitarian ideals where it, uh, the hermeneutic of suspicion, right? Yeah. So this is patriarchal or this is matriarchal or this is the, the winners of history writing it to keep subservient yeah. of going, okay, but you know, that's a whole framework that you've already been sold. Like what if that's yeah. not true? It's hard to read this having grown up in a democratic republic. Yes. <laughs> the and Bible it, just doesn't – that's not its world. Exactly. And so I, I, I think one of the first steps that I would challenge men or women on this particular topic or any other topic is don't just critique the worldview of the, of the Bible, but critique your own. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what if with some of your own biases – um, have a um, have have a wrongness. I mean, Tim Keller mm-hmm. loves to talk about this. Like, when have you ever read the Bible and thought, "Man, like it's not going to help me with what I want"? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I I I I want to be a whatever it is. I want to be a sexist. 
Um, the problem is it's just not cool to be a sexist today, which I'm glad that we've <laughs> confronted a lot of the sins yeah. that exist, right? But, you know, why is it okay for the Bible to confront our sexism? And then why is the Bible then also there to support our egalitarian position? Mm-hmm. What if the Bible actually is complementarian? What, mm-hmm. what if it is that? Then are we willing to allow the text to then speak into Jim's bias or Hope's bias or Morgan's bias? Where is that rub? And I, I just don't think that's why maybe there's some truth to what Ryan said was, are you ready to talk for an hour and not come to a conclusion? I think we'll do a yeah. little more than that. Yeah. But there is a sense in which those things need mm-hmm. to come into play. Can I can I tell you where I get really hung up in First Timothy 2? And it really doesn't have it, – it's not at the – man, I just want Hope and Morgan to be able to do whatever they want. Right. It's actually in the fact that Paul – and hear, hear me, guys. <laughs> Paul seems to disagree with things he says elsewhere. And, and I don't think that he's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I actually think that the Bible – Seems is your, is your key yes, word. Yes, yes. No, so agree. so let, let, me, let me preface everything with my deep, deep appreciation for both the authority and the unity and the internal coherence of Scripture. Okay? I don't think that Scripture has – inconsistencies within itself there are apparent tensions or there's very real tensions there are apparent inconsistencies yeah i agree however here paul um i'm gonna go to with, with my my bible His morgan bible. yeah your helpmate with <laughs> my helpmate um here so first of all it's i find it strange that in paul's reasoning here for adam was formed first then even adam was not deceived but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor i find it strange that as paul's writing to a church he is acting as if the church is not freed from the curses of e- of eden because everywhere else in galatians he talks about yeah. freedom in yeah. in romans 8 he talks about this deliverance from the curse and and all of a sudden he's going to go and hang an argument on on that curse being, in some sense, enduring to what he who, to a, a group of people who he would call in Second Corinthians five new creations, and who in Romans six he'll call dead to their sins and, and alive to to the spirit. spirit. Yeah, and so it, it's it's I, I struggle with that part. I also struggle with the fact that he calls Eve the transgressor when in Romans five he calls Adam the transgressor. In First Corinthians fifteen he calls Adam the transgressor. And here it's almost like he's making a very real point that it's not Adam, it was Eve. And I, I'm not doing this to unsettle anybody as to the, the truthfulness of Scripture and the reliability of Scripture, but I am saying it's not as – I don't think the case against um, women speaking in a ministry or a church context is as airtight um, as some would conclude if they're only – you called it um, – the, the trump card if their only trump card is first timothy 2 because i have a lot of other passages that this particular author writes at other points in his ministry that seem to in other contexts challenge these ideas yeah i but in like romans i isn't what he's saying isn't what paul is saying is that um Basically, I think what he, from what I understand, is that he's what he's talking about is like how Adam bears the primary responsibility. He for literally what calls Adam the transgressor in Romans five, like <laughs> okay. it's verbatim that Adam was the transgressor. Yeah, and here it's Eve, not Adam. And all, and all I'm saying is Paul will he's not changing the story and he's not being inaccurate on one side or and more accurate on the other one. He is he is leveraging the 
the Old Testament, the, the creation narrative, our, our first parents in the Garden of Eden narrative, he's leveraging it to prove different points in different places, and he'll have different emphases when he does so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, all I'm saying is that this does not sit inside of a vacuum. It has to play well with other places. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, and I'll tell you, it goes back to, you know, without, without totally dismissing Hope's heart, this is what I feel. This is what I want. She says she wants to keep it in check without dismissing it because I, I, think, I don't know. Forget about that being fair. I don't even think that's a biblical idea to dismiss the heart. Mm-hmm. It's to keep the heart in check. Just like I would even say the mind. Don't dismiss the mind, but we need to keep the mind in check. And mm-hmm. so God has given us the, the, his spirit to govern our minds and our hearts. So the question becomes, you know, how much do we allow um, – the the scripture or the bias of the scripture and now the the, the continual indwelling of the spirit to guide and to, to govern our thinking so if it's morgan and hope want to preach on sunday and so i need you to help me get there mm-hmm. then your mind's already made up yeah i wouldn't even bother with it or hey jim you know let's say let's jim and ryan don't want morgan and yeah. hope to preach or teach on sunday and so we can go to the text and we can actually yeah. you have can, a point you're just trying to prove it yes and I guess that's one of the – I want us all to be aware. Like Going back, and I think I could get you to back off your statement, Paul is only concerned about or primarily concerned about disorganization in the church. I would go – I bet you if you were to write that in a paper and I was going to be critiquing it, I would go, I don't know if you could prove that. Mm-hmm. Now, you might be able to say um, – you might be able to say primary. I don't think you can say only. Sure. I think I think Paul seems to have, and so sometimes it's with our words. We almost we cannot fathom Paul having a bias mm-hmm. against what we believe on something. Mm-hmm. I we, can. You can. <laughs> yeah, all I ever read is bias. Okay. Yes, but that's what I'm. Honestly, that's what I'm bringing to the table. Sure. Confessing and asking for help to <laughs> tamper that down because when I read, I think ah. He is such a misogynist, and oh, gosh, look at this! Look, look at this patriarchy, no, and this I, is horrible. Yeah. But I also I struggle with that because yeah. it's the Bible, and it's yeah. So what? Do, yeah. And that's where we talk about, and we've had these I conversations agree. before. We talk a lot of, in here about repent and believe, recognize yes. and respond, and we yes. talk about. So why why do, are those the first things you think? Mm-hmm. Is that from the world? Is mm-hmm. that from an upbringing? Is that from yeah. scripture and what it teaches and how it mm-hmm. teaches? But even in the repent and believe cycle, I guess what I'm asking is, okay, so I repent of that. What is it that I need to be believing now? What am I allowed to, what from the text do I believe? What is an accurate interpretation of all this information that I need to profess if I am repenting of yeah. those types. So if I'm replacing it with the truth, I'm just asking what is the, what truth? Is the truth because it's kind of mudded. Yeah, let me let me let me tell you there's the, the the first thing Jim Johnson appreciates about Hope and Morgan is their posture towards the text. And I think that's critical. I think that and by the way, I'm not even saying because they're women they should have this posture. No. Because you're humans, you should have this posture. So this I would say the same thing no matter who is behind the mic. Every human being's posture needs to be one of humility. So yeah. that, that is a biblical idea. Like nobody disagrees. Well, I don't know how anybody could disagree with that statement. So number one, the posture of humility as we approach this. Jim and Ryan have to have it. Morgan and Hope have to have it. The second thing is 
is that there appears to be, as Ryan very accurately pointed out, there appears to be either an apparent contradiction, an apparent inconsistency, um, a very real tension. Um, Jim Johnson's conviction becomes is that when there is uh, tension and apparent contradictions, then there appears to be a not firm description about how that needs to play out. So this would be, again, Jim's applying this principle, which says there seems to be some latitude on this. Mm -hmm. There seems to be some room. And and by the way, there are some of us that love to play in the room, in the gap, and there are others that just feel so uncomfortable playing in the gap. I don't think we any of us, Morgan, <laughs> see, so you have a, I Morgan don't like is that. Drew Moss's cousin, we decided. <laughs> they, well, they just have this we angst. We just decided that. We don't know. Well, but you even were talking yesterday. There were some clear things that you knew that were like right and wrong in, yes. our, in my office. And I went, actually, yes. you know what? That's actually not illegal. Like, yeah. you can do that under these conditions. And Morgan's yeah. like, wow, I didn't even know that. And I'm like, I, I didn't know someone couldn't know that. So yeah. you really love clearly painted lines yes. so you can play yes. safely. Yes. And, and, and there are others of us that's, that's not where I'm at. I really, I, I, love, I love trying to discern where the lines are. And then I kind of like the gray. I really, I, th- I think the gray is fascinating. And so I love to, to operate in that. Now, by the way, whether you like lines or you like gray, you have to have humility. Because yeah. if you don't have humility, you're, e- either way, you're you in lose. trouble. You yeah. lose, you're in trouble. And so as we move forward, because I want to answer some of these questions. As we yeah. move forward then, I think it's good for us to recognize um, lining up what the Bible teaches, who made the world, mm-hmm. that would be God, no question. Um, yeah. Who died for our sins, that would be Jesus, no question. How is that appropriated to us? By grace through faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Um, does the Holy Spirit dwell in us? Yes, no problem. Does the Holy Spirit d- dwell in men and women? Yes, no problem. Okay, so there's so much that we have. Now, can a woman speak on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. That's a good and question. How about... Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So I, I really think now all of a sudden we're asking almost a better better or worse, which, by the way, there is a cultural element. We When we hear and, – and think of a spectrum, okay? And so you have those that go, Paul is culturally bound, and therefore – he tried his best, but he's a mess, and we're just going to believe Paul's misogynist. And if he was an is enlightened, if he was as smart as Hope is now, he would not be a misogynist. But he was stupid because he lived a long time ago. And so, even though the Holy Spirit was in him, the Holy Spirit—I'm not denying the Holy Spirit—but the Holy Spirit had to deal with an idiot, and so he let the idiot speak like an idiot. Like there are some who believe that, and I don't believe that. Right. So that's not my position. And then there on the other side of it is no, like Paul said it, and there is no cultural. Everything's universal. Mm -hmm. Paul said it, it applies today, just like it applied back then. I don't agree with either of those positions. I find both of them to be Mm -hmm. not in accordance with reality and not even accordance. What I love to look at is Genesis to Revelation and go, even there, it's all over the place. Yeah, that was just kind of what Vincent was saying. Yes, like from Genesis to Revelation, we've got women doing different things. And I wonder if God says, yes, these are the boundary markers. So you've got to deal with the reality of Paul saying something happened with Adam and Eve, and that's pre-fall and post-fall. And in Romans 16, he has a long list of females who are ministry workers with him. Yeah, sure. Laboring with him. <laughs> yes, alongside. sure. I have a, so here's, so then So maybe, it's the cultural universal question. Okay. So can, so then let's start with some that might let's be a little, start. well, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> in my head, sorry. Let's, let's, I'm thinking like the two extremes. Let's go there and then work our way to the middle since that seems to be more complicated. Okay. Okay. So 
We don't agree that women can't ever open their mouths and speak to anyone about the gospel, nor minister to people, because he that is pretty clear that you have Phoebe and is it Priscilla mm-hmm. and Aquila yeah, that Priscilla go to someone Paul. together, Apollos. and yeah, and in the Old Testament you have like female judges that end up being appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, Deborah, you have like so we know that it's not just that women don't ever teach or don't, as far as like um, speak to someone about the gospel, yeah. share yeah. their faith. We know that's not. N.T. Wright said that uh, the first proclamation of the gospel was a woman. Because he's, resurrection appearance. Well, because resurrection appearance. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so, go, and, yes. go and tell this news. Right. I mean, and it, the in way, English, women, we, we, make, we, get a big, we, we make a big deal of the word preach or mm-hmm. even a big deal of the word teach, mm-hmm. whereas it can sometimes be translated words like tell or proclaim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Announce. Yeah. Announce. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, part of it is the language that we're using. Mm-hmm. And Morgan. prophesy. They yes. say women can prophesy. Yep. It's Paul talks about that. Even in yeah, in First Corinthians eleven, mm-hmm. another place where he goes back to Adam and Eve to talk about head coverings. He'll it's talking he's talking about public worship, women mm-hmm. praying. He's just saying yeah. he's saying so just weird. there's a way to do it. He doesn't mm-hmm. tell them to not do it. He said mm-hmm. there's just a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's we know that that it's not just what we're not saying is women come in and don't ever speak to anyone. Don't ever tell anybody about your faith. Don't we're not saying that. Um, I do want to go to the other end and say so we believe that kind of that the church is led by uh, the elders, the eldership of of men. We would we would say at Sunnybrook. How would you say it? staff? Elder protected. Elder protected staff. Staff led or staff driven. Staff driven. Elder protected. Um, So it's very much a joint thing. The elders here meet every other week together, and they discuss matters of the church. They pray for members of the church. They discuss church discipline. They discuss church finances. They discuss everything. They're 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 very much leading the church. And Jim is an elder as the lead pastor. And we and that's something that we do that we believe intentionally that should take place. So let's start there. Do, do you believe from the text that women would have would be able to be an be elders and why or why not? Let's let's yeah. start there. I don't Did see. That yeah, I, no, that's I, I love okay. that, Morgan. Um, again, I I believe the eldership. No, the eldership is in agreement on this. As we read the text, um, there appears to be biblically speaking um, a hierarchy. And we'd mm-hmm. like to think that's a terrible word, but yet everybody, every company I know, every organization that I know has a hierarchy, and so mm-hmm. it can be used pejoratively, mm-hmm. right? It can be used detrimentally to our benefit, or it can be used in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't let kids make their decisions when they're five. Why? Because we're oppressive. Regimists, mm-hmm. imperialists, col- col- you know, colonialists. My, you've been talking to my son. Again. I have been talking to Matthew. <laughs> so you know, so we can look at that, or we can say, no, this actually it helps us with society. So we believe that there is in this system that God ordains um, uh, husbands to to lead in the home and in the family, um, and we see that then extending into the into the church. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a hey, you cannot talk because you're not smart. Nope, the mm-hmm. Bible doesn't actually describe that anywhere. Even the even the, the do not talk, I think, is a complicated word mm-hmm. um, to deal with. M- much 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 of the time, it can actually be translated. Um, I want you to be peaceable. So what Ryan was describing about the disorganized mm-hmm. uh, that that is part of the issue, maybe even the primary issue that Paul's dealing with in the Corinthian and, mm-hmm. and, and with the uh, material, the Ephesian material in First Timothy. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the overarching thing. I think when Paul says, "Hey, I want the church, which is the family of God, to mirror the the home," mm-hmm. I think that that then bleeds in. So when Paul is describing what an eldership looks like, mm-hmm. it is it, there are there are males who are doing it. 
Yeah. And it's not because he thinks women can't. I just think it's just the natural way in which God wants it. And by yeah. the way, there are people that I, to be brutally honest, I have grown increasingly like internally weird saying that. Yeah. Like that seems weirder the, yeah. the, the, the older I get. And I, I think it's cultural going, do you know that sounds like bad? For you to say those and things. Here's the here's what's funny about that. It sounds worse for you to say it than for me to say it. Oh, I know. Because yeah. I'm just because I'm a woman. No. That's culture. But that's our culture. That's our culture. So my so, wife, my wife would say the exact same yep. thing. I would yeah. I would agree 100 percent with what you're saying. Sure. Like that 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 is what I I believe that, and yes. I believe that God has given a responsibility to men to lead. I believe everything falls under the umbrella of the authority of God. And if men are, are leading in a way that goes contrary to sure. scripture or outside of yes. what God says, I believe women are called to step up and speak, can speak to that totally. or can challenge that. I totally. don't think it means that women submit to whatever men say because they're men. I think it's that we submit to the leadership of godly men who are submitting to the Lord. And when you, but Morgan, I'll go back. Have you ever resented and hated your parents because they were your 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 authority? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. And then as you grew older, what did you do? What how do you look at it now? I appreciate what they what they've it, done. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it becomes a little bit. I remember, you know, and Andrea and I when we got married, a gentleman stood up at our wedding. We have in Canada, we have lots of toasts. And a guy stood up, this is 1989, and a guy stood up and he began to speak about Jim's going to lead this family. And Andrea's got some sisters. Um, love them. Love you guys. You don't even listen to the podcast, but love you, Angie. Love you, Allison. But they heard it, and, and this is 1989, and they were deeply offended at the misogynistic um, arrogance of that old man that somehow would put a woman in her place. And I just remember going, I just don't think they get it. Like they're not following Christ. <laughs> so I don't think they understand it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit like like many biblical ideas. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy that I can't express myself sexually any way that would satisfy me. Why can't I? Like why can't I do that? Why can't I? And I mean as long as nobody else is getting hurt, why don't I have the freedom to experience my, my, my sexual desires and my sexual urges any way that I want? It's because someone's trying to oppress me. <laughs> But when you're a follower of Christ, you you see another design for us. You see another way in which we operate. You begin to see that even when two consenting adults choose to live a way outside of God's ordained plan, even though it might seem internally satisfying, it's it's societally and it's even individually destructive. We believe that about the text. We believe there's something unique about the text. So where and the you- same thing is true with about this. So that's why I would say what Paul is describing, the reason why we say men elders at Sunnybrook, um, is not because we don't believe women are intelligent or capable. And I would even say, like, I, I love getting together with elders and their wives and praying together and doing many of those things. Um, uh, I, I just, the text does not allow me to to bypass that. And honestly, it's because of the material, how, how deeply it's rooted in the Genesis account mm-hmm. that says there's something there mm-hmm. that's happening. But I don't think that answers the, so can Morgan, I mean, you 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 preach, here at Sunnybrook. Yeah, I have. And so we, we catch it. No, but <laughs> no we I'm catch freaking it. out about ca- it. No, I love that you have. <laughs> we catch it both. We, and I hope, I'm, even, I'm even totally fine with Hope <laughs> being excited about you doing it. And I just, yes. I'll always challenge Hope and go, hey, but promise me you'll be more excited that she's being faithful to Jesus when she does this. Yeah. Yes. That's which my, I've talked about, you know, which I've talked to you about. And so, I mean, I don't know if we want to get off the elder track yet or not. You guys can help me decide that. But, um, 
I I believed also that the elders should, and I believe it is rooted in the Genesis account also. That's kind of where I come from. And that's why I think when it comes to then if you go the next step, if you go another step down, um, there's arguments about what a deacon does uh, and a deaconess, which we don't even really have said that said deacons and deaconesses here at uh we have them we don't we don't label them. them we don't yeah. label them that yeah um and then and then below that there'd be like there'd be teachers so what's the primary so then you have to get in what's the primary responsibilities of an elder and if women and then so then if does a woman if a woman is taking on some of those primary responsibilities that elders have yeah. or should have then is that crossing a line yeah. so like i'm struggling with all those kinds of things yeah. um so i here's kind of how i would frame my biggest worry and i would just want to know your opinions on this and i, I kind of mentioned this to you right before we got started but so in the created order and design that god has i think that we agree that he desired that men should lead do you would you guys say that's and I know lead is a yeah. hard word, but we're, I'm going to... Com- it shouldn't be, it, but it's a complicated Is that word. because men were made first? No. Um, I think... I don't think it's just because men were made first. Well, I think it's part of... I well, think. Look at the idea. Like, were men made first intentionally or yes. or or just... It was the luck of the draw. I think they're made first intentionally. And, and it, I think it men and women like, it just were, seems also, like, were also made differently. And yes. given different, resp- I think given sure. different responsibilities, and sure. part of a man's responsibility, I believe, is to lead. I think that's part of his re- God-given responsibility is to lead faithfully as he follows Christ. I think that's well. And I'll tell you, the other part that gets really complicated is the fact that we are dealing with two married men and two single female in this room. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. that adds another, that yeah. adds a dimension to this conversation, and it adds a dimension to to, to life in biblical community too. Yeah, yeah, it adds a, it adds a dimension mm-hmm. there. And by the way, there can be more of a you know, I really am totally cool cool with my singleness. I plan mm-hmm. to be single for the rest of my life, or no, I really don't want to be single. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, 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 this is where God wants me right now, and I'm in the end, I'm ultimately okay with it. Yeah. But the truth is, you know, so there's lots of different, and and to mm-hmm. try to believe that those don't begin to shape our hermeneutic, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the way that we interpret scripture. That it's not going to shape our biases. Oh no, I promise you it is. Mm-hmm. So, so go, going back to like hope struggle, she's going okay. Like I don't have a man. I'm not even really interested. In ha- and by the way, the Bible isn't saying she should have a man. The Bible's saying no, she should be a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you hear that, your, Mom? Did you hear that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so Jesus is hope's man. We're going to be single for all eternity. <laughs> yes. By the way, it's going to be a pretty short run. Well, and going back, it's the helpful idea of the helpmate joke that kind of freaked out Morgan in a weird way. But the the part that I thought was interesting was was what Ryan was describing there was like I I have a helpmate mm-hmm. women are not called to submit to men biblically mm-hmm. no women are called no they're not it's not women to men it's women to leaders in the church mm-hmm. and it's wives to husbands yeah. it's not women to men it's but, not hey all you women out there you need to submit to all the men out there no that isn't that is an yeah. overreaching concept yeah if you have a family uh, member it would technically be your dad and I don't even know how long I'm willing to stretch that okay I'm confused like and you, maybe disagree about this you don't submit to Andrea's husband well I do because he's my boss no but, but take it outside the, of you a context you don't submit to me you don't see a guy no but I'll take it out take it outside I, of a context if a guy on the street stops you and tries to order you around and he has no authority you don't go oh that's right I'm a woman you don't do that Morgan no but so what why? I'm saying is I do think there's something to I am not in well I guess this would go back this would go back to the order of the church 
Um, no, but now you're putting it in structures that are outside of gender. Well, you said leaders in the church. Women no, are called to submit to leaders in the church. That's what you said. But which leader? Those are by leaders, what did I mean there? Men elders. So you mean, so that's, that's the clarification. You said you mean men elders. But see, I struggle with and believe that I should also submit to... Any man uh, that... Any... Any male person of any age anywhere in the world, no, you believe that? No, but I, I disagree with what leader is then in, in a church. Like, well, no, in, I don't. But in his system, hey, stop! Let me just finish real quick. Let me explain <laughs> what I'm saying. Real I'm going to say it right now, and then we'll get to this later. She doesn't disagree with this, but go okay. ahead. Pretend well, you disagree I might, with this. I might not, but I and I, I've talked to you about this before. I struggle with. I believe I lead the junior high ministry with Drew. I believe I lead the high school ministry with Justin. But I I feel called to submit to their leadership because they are men leading within the church. Is that wrong? Because um, they're not elders. I I would say, I would say you could not prove that biblically. Yeah, I would say that. I would that, say I would look more at leadership totally qualities than, than the fact that they're men. No, but why would you? I mean, again, why? Tell me what Bible verse you would see that in. I don't know. I just always understood it as because we go back to the creation account and men are called to lead. I but yeah. but doesn't Zane submit to to Drew's leadership as much as you do? Yeah, male to male. It does. I don't think it's a gender thing. I think it's yeah, a leadership think, thing. Yes, I think you're picking up on a leadership thing, and I think you're also picking up Morgan. I I, I think you're picking up on that there is um, what's so fascinating. There is an ordained order. Okay, because I would say you're right. Zane submits to Drew because he's he's the family ministry team, but Zane doesn't submit to to Justin in the same way that yeah, I would. But Zane doesn't work. Ministries. Doesn't Zane work doesn't work in that ministry. You There's, and Justin work together. I think that you're just. I actually think that you just trust Justin, and I don't think that it has to do with the fact that he has you know white well, chromosomes. And I'll tell you though, Morgan, and you are a strong personality. Yeah, Can I, I get an amen. Yeah. Amen. So Amen. you're you're a strong personality, but you're also a f- you are a freaky, naturally submissive personality. Yeah. So you're Thank on you. that side of it. No, yeah. I, I do. I mean that as a compliment. It makes you a joy to work with. Yeah. And who is and who's going to naturally take leadership roles? Justin Ebert. Yeah. Like he's got a personality for it. And I so I but I would tell you, Morgan. I don't even think what you're doing is wrong. I'm not saying, hey, Morgan, what you're doing there is wrong. I'm going. I think you are. That I, but I would argue that's a cultural issue. That is Morgan, who culturally grew up with this dynamic. You saw your dad leading a youth ministry like this. You kind of imagine in your ministry it kind of still being your dad in a way doing this. You kind of see that's kind of how I think okay. things work. But somebody else could come along, Hope could come along and be in the exact same situation and act in so many ways exactly like you, but yet not have the same – Mm-hmm. Pre- reasons prejudice for it. yeah yeah <laughs> the same the, the same original bias and it'll come up in a very similar place so that's why i'm saying i don't know how much you disagree as much as you're going i th- i think what i'm doing is i just my personality is one and it's not because you're not intelligent or gifted or capable it's outside of those things but your personality which very much has been shaped by your mm-hmm. phenomenal parents and your great upbringing mm-hmm. um, is one that you operate like that. You just operate really well like that, Morgan. Mm-hmm. It's what makes you a joy to work with. Yep. Well, and I also think um, like my other question that I was actually originally going to ask, I know we're going to run out of time, we're but gonna run out. we got a lot to talk about before we run out of time. So we got like to cram this in four minutes or do like a little break and then keep going a little bit longer or something. But <laughs> I knew when you came um, in here at this, it wasn't going to well, go we well. Well, we can, we can come back in another 
But because this is well, because these are the questions that I really wanted to get to. Because this is really truly what I'm struggling with, okay, and go. I know. Say it. Um, so I believe in the created account and in and in a fam a family setting that um, there should be a male a male should be leading the family under the authority of the Lord. So un- the Lord is the umbrella. Males under that, and actually, in in this co- in the context of scripture, then elevated women and the value on women a lot. Yep. If a man was yep. underneath the sure. authority of the God and, and treated women yep. the way God would have them and designed them to do, so um, th- I believe that's true. And then I believe that does cross over to the church in a lot of ways. And I, um, and then and so here's my here's where I'm struggling a little bit. I and I've shared this before. If I was to preach and then I am finished preaching and people are either upset that I am preaching because I'm a woman or they are more than that, I have people that will be so – come to me and, and they're trying to compliment me, I think, but they all they can say is a compliment on the fact that I'm a woman and I'm preaching. And it, it kind of freaks me out because it's not why I'm preaching and it's not why – it's, they, it, I, I'm afraid they're going to miss the point of the truth of the text because they're just so wrapped up in the fact that I'm a woman. But what if there. we get the truth of the so, text and we're excited right. because a woman? Well, you might, it. you might. But what I, but what I'm saying is, is there so much confusion out there in the world um, about because of our culture and their huge push for this? I'm using the word equality. I, I'm using these words that are really complicated, and we could spend all of our time just explaining the words in the terms but um because we have this such a big push for feminine um, feminism and for hillary clinton and that kind of thing okay because we have such a big push for that um i'm afraid like does a do you think a woman preaching from the pulpit or teaching consistently uh, a sunday school class every week do you think that could confuse people in the congregation Yes. Or promote or reflect. Yes. yes. Um, Could be a distraction. Dif- distract yes. from yes. the true meaning yes. mm-hmm. of what manhood and womanhood yes. from the creation account. Yes. Totally believe that. And are you ready for this? You still think we should do it? No, I just totally believe that if a man does it, yeah. there are people that like, are going to get it wrong. Like, would you, the following week, so Morgan preaches one week and someone comes up and says, incredible sermon, pure gospel truth. And by the way, thank you for doing that as a woman. You would say, awesome. Yes. The next week, if a guy named Joe Smith goes up to Jim and says, wonderful message. And by the way, I am so happy that a man was up there preaching. Is that as palatable to you? Or is that now disgusting? It's not as palatable because men already have access to it. Women in a lot of churches don't have access to it and that's and it's encouraging to see but she's presuming access is 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 the right thing right and that's yes. what but that's what scares me see, i don't want and that's what yes. i don't want no but i mean but again I, I don't know if it is or isn't but it, the presumption of what she just said yes um whether it's access or prohibition yes. it's the assumed position so again this goes back to our hermeneutic of suspicion and the way in which we look at things by nietzschean philosophy and how it's affected our sociology and stuff it's this hierarchy and power and who has power and blah 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 blah. so there's all of that background to it and so what hope is saying is is definitely true but i think your point is i think i'd be offended if someone came up and said man i'm so glad you as a man said that i would that would offend me 
And I'm offended when someone says, man, I'm so glad you said that and you're a woman. Uh, that offends me too. Yep. Now, if somebody says, I'm really excited and encouraged because I love to see women do that, that excites me. Yes. And that's and um, that, that's just yes. barely it's a, it different, but it's a big it difference. Is, it is a shade that is that is that goes back to what I love is the humility. If hope says, you you – I believe I'm right in my position that women can do X and watching you do X exhilarates me. I think that is wonderful. But if hope is like, you know what? I don't care what the Bible says and I don't care what anybody else says. I just want to see women do it. Yeah. Um, I think I think I am not impressed with anything. I think if the gospel speaks more to your heart and jumps off the page and really affects your life because a woman presented it. I think you have a deep That's down, a very disturbed perspective. Yes. And I think the same thing if you get really into scripture because Jim said it, not Morgan. Yes. Let me, and we got to cut this because it's getting, it's getting long. We'll come back. I promise you, we'll come back. But let me ask you this question, Morgan, or let me, let me kind of answer your address. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like, so do you like Mark Scott's preaching because it's true or because he's a really gifted communicator? What if his gifted communication is getting in the way of his message. Maybe, actually, now that I think about it, he is a gifted communicator. And so, therefore, I really, it could gifted communication, could that get in the way of a good message? All those answers are yes. It really can. And that's why Paul says, I don't use flattery. Yeah, It can actually hide a bad message. It can hide a bad message. <laughs> yeah. So do you do you just punt, Mark? Because in the end, those gifted communication styles that he's using can be confused by others. I, I see this all the time. I see really gifted communicators don't deliver much content, and everybody is enthralled with it. And I just go, eh, that's life. Mm-hmm. And I see, so I would say to you, Morgan, I love your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm going, what you're asking is, how do I, really what your question is, is how do we make sure that no one is immature or has a bad motive, or has a bad thought. Mm-hmm. And I know you you don't think you're thinking that, but that's really what you're mm-hmm. thinking. No, and, I, I do you, think, I, I, I'm, I'm, I worry about that. Yes, and I'm yeah. going, Morgan, that is yeah. way above your pay grade. Yeah. Like you cannot control the thoughts of others. And so when I would see someone come to Ozark and speak, it so bothered me that everybody was like, that was an awesome message. I'm like, no, he gave a 20-minute illustration about when he was a kid yes. playing Nintendo, and it was mindless. And it so bothered me. But you know what I never did? I never went, and that guy should never speak again. Mm-hmm. No. I walked into a hermeneutics class or I walked into a preaching class, and I said, hey, guys. And I didn't even kind of draw attention to the guy that did that. There are two ways in which we can motivate and excite people. One is through mindless drivel, and the other through is great creative biblical exegesis. Mm-hmm. Let us be creative and biblical and, and do some things and not get wrapped up in – cool communication. So I keep addressing it. And so that's why I would say to you, Morgan, if there is access to the pulpit and the teaching context for women, um, and I believe that there is in certain contexts, then we need to use it. Mm -hmm. And when people don't get it, we need to be, I mean, Morgan, I have people who will say to me occasionally, man, I really am glad when someone else speaks, but in the end, I just love it when you speak because you're the leader. Mm -hmm. So do I stop speaking? Mm -mm. I go, hey, I'm glad that you said that. I really, I appreciate that. But can I tell you, are you also grateful for, and I mean, what I've been hearing over and over and over again about our church is I am amazed at the number of gifted teachers. But I promise you, there are people for good reasons and bad reasons who want to hear me speak. And 
I'm going to have to talk and not talk, and there's no way around it. Okay. We're going to end Don't drop with, mic. I'm not going to conclude with any other thoughts because we are at 5212. So <laughs> we will see you another time. I love you, ladies. Still I, think, I honestly, I love your heart. <laughs> I love, love, love your heart. So I'm glad you're wrestling with this. And uh, we didn't come up with an answer, We're but you preach and I let you teach on, on my stuff anytime you would want to. And it's like, and you're not doing that to appease them. No, you're doing that from a I biblical a good conviction. You're, but you're doing that from a biblical conviction. That oh, you yeah. can do this, and I am too. Yeah. So we're going to stop the recording, but continue talking for another hour about how stressed <laughs> we are about this. As you know, uh, we'll see you next time.